0: All right, good morning, listeners, and uh, welcome to this week's news from the drug war front. My name is Jeff. my co presenter, as ever, is Marion. G'day good morning, Jeffrey,
1: and good morning, listener. How are we all this morning? Well, the sun's out. The my- sun's out, but nobody else is. <laughs> it is dead as a dodo in Civic, I tell you. Couldn't even get a coffee this morning, my love song. No, my place was closed. While we too. play our first song, get yourself up, get a coffee. Pop back to bed because there's nothing else to do today. So you might as well listen to us, listen to our music, and we'll tell you what's going on if anything.
0: And as try and put people in the picture as to what's, a, you know, what Karma's offering. Absolutely, and what try
1: and give, we'll try and give people what we know because, god damn it, nobody else is telling them, are they?
0: Look, it's, it's a real situation of it's up to you to find out, isn't it? It's like, oh, look up the website or yeah. go to the, you know, it's...
1: Yes, go and find yourself yeah. a, um some vaccine from somewhere. Well,
0: oh, just where? Outrageous. Yeah. That whole thing has been an utter shambles. Yeah,
1: completely an utter shambles. I'm looking forward to getting my second um AstraZeneca shot next weekend. Nice. And I know that, remember, at the beginning... Uh, I think earlier on this year I gave you a list of people, a list of places that, that could we could get our yeah. shots from. But we also need to remember the needle exchange program is open as ever. Um, I did try to call this morning, but I didn't have the correct phone number in my phone because Tuesdays usually is the day when they have the nurse in. Okay. Now, my understanding is... And I'm not sure about this either. Hopefully, someone will tell me or correct me. For sure, they will. Um, I think they have Pfizer vaccine as well. Okay. Because many of the NSP customers are under 60, so for safety's sake, the Pfizer vaccine is, is the, the preferred one to option. Have. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Over 60, AstraZeneca. I know they've got that one, and you can get that from NSP on Tuesdays in the city. Look, let's be honest about
0: this, Marion. In that time where we had that period where it was sort of, quote unquote, under control, that's when there should have been clear communication, pop-up vaccination clinics all over the country, including regional areas. Like, I'm really worried about They had time
1: to plan for it, didn't they, Geoffrey? It was total plan. They
0: just wasted that opportunity to get ahead of the game. Now it's panic, panic, panic. Um, and trying to, you know, hustle up vaccines from Poland. And, and
1: Canberra had 12 months of no, no, cases. no cases. So why was there not a plan all organised? Why are we struggling to catch up now? It seems to me like, you know, too little, too late. Well,
0: the other thing, just straight off, you know, I don't want to talk about myself, but I don't, have a car so yes. most of those places I believe you, when you got your shot you had someone to give you a lift uh, and
1: th- and that's the only reason is because I had someone to give me a lift yeah. yeah I mean
0: why not think of these things Well, and we
1: had to go to craze yeah for the most convenient so we could all get done at, at the same, same time. time um and he, to get it done in line and we would have had to take different days which meant different transport yeah but now we've all got to sort of be together in the car and go and the only reason that people... I have a friend who had um, had a test done because she has a, a son who's at Lynham High School. They had uh, testing done on the weekend. Um, the only reason they're allowed to breach their isolation while they're waiting for their two weeks of um, isolation to end, the only reason they can breach it and go further than their... 5Ks or their walk is to get your AstraZeneca or to get their vaccinations so that's really good to know Mm. so you can breach COVID to go out and get a vaccination but you've got to be able to go out and get a vaccination I really say get it done gang if you've got the chance absolutely and if you need to know any details about it Good luck getting onto AST Healthline because I think that's jam-packed. But we often have information on the show and uh, most of the Your GP places will tell you. So they're in the telephone book. Ring them up. They will tell you when you can get access to vaccines, when there are appointments available. Yep. So I do that first. And the
0: other thing, of course, is not everyone is connected to the digital universe.
1: Of course they're not. I mean, they've been texting us left, right and send us saying, you know, fill out this form that's on the the interblog. Well, I don't do interblog. What? Another shambles. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I haven't got a census form. (laughs) In fact, I've lost... The letter they sent me saying I have to do the census. Well, the important thing about that letter was it had my number on it
0: that connected so you. That to, can, well yeah.
1: that actually showed them which one who I was ah, and right. what I was doing. So I had to ring them up and they're sending me out another a form because I couldn't do it online. It's just look. Crazy, I think from crazy. a big picture
0: point of view, um, Marion, we just basically now have governments that don't consider they have an obligation to provide high standard services it's or so information much
1: information about the lack of services even it's
0: yeah it's hollowed out the public service so so much skill and corporate memory Completely is lost. gone
1: yeah corporate memory is like a contradiction in terms isn't it geoffrey really so either corporate or there's a memory whoever was there 18 months ago probably is no longer there and unless somebody has um, documented and retained those documents or put them in uh, some kind of archive. Yeah, it's
0: probably lost. They know nothing. All
1: the information that we got for them and the the projects we did when HIV was rampant, gone to God, where are they? Yeah, it bears no resemblance. They've been stuck into a library somewhere and never been retrieved, never been looked at again. And so no experience, no history, no understanding of what we did and what worked last time.
0: Yeah, well you don't learn from history. You make mistakes that should have already That's been learned right. a long time. Yeah. Like you or said.
1: experiences if you want to look at it positively, yeah. Jeff, hey?
0: Yeah, well the HIV one is a classic example. Oh, Clear cut totally. information. that's tailored to those communities that are effective. Peer education
1: being the prime tech, you know, I mean that just absolutely the perfect way to go about educating but the information has to be there in the first place peers cannot educate their peers if they don't have, have the information. correct information in yeah. the first place and we haven't got that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, anyway. it's a poor situation. So
1: we're from Karma. Yeah, anyway. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, for those who haven't heard the show before, News from the Drug War Front is brought to you by Karma, which is the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, which is a peer-based drug use organisation. Uh, our office is in uh, Um It's a peer-based, community-controlled drug use organisation with over two decades serving the ACT now, sadly, the global policies of prohibition um, remain largely unchanged, well, cer- <laughs> certainly in this country. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, we haven't made too much forward progress. Um, so human rights abuses and the stigmatising and discrimination of people who use drugs uh, just continues to take place. Um, we'd like to acknowledge the efforts of peers and activists who've uh, contributed to the fight against the war on people who use drugs and reaffirm our commitment to continue the fight against the harms caused by prohibition. Through this radio show and through the um, services of karma,
1: indeed, and through our own personal behaviours too, Jeffrey. I would hope, and we, and our listeners too, we would like. I would like to think that our listeners consider themselves knowledgeable peers. Even if it's just from listening to the show, picking up information and telling their friends or their peers what's going on,
0: and as an extension, have done things like the naloxone workshop, and carrying naloxone fun, with a them. A case
1: in point, an absolute case in point. Yeah, um, and then the lack, although there are no naloxone workshops available at the moment, um, there is certainly. Are brief interventions that yep. can be conducted that yes. takes 10 minutes, can be done on your doorstep from a distance. Safe distance. And you can be provided with naloxone and the information on how to save somebody's life because that's all naloxone does, but it does it well. It reverses the effects of opioid overdose.
0: It's one of the great achievements Magic of grade. karma Magic to, to set up the first naloxone program.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Anyway, Karma provides a wide range of services when it's operating at its normal extent, which it won't be for three weeks, I might add. But when it does, it provides a wide range of services such as client advocacy, peer treatment support, education information, creative arts, mentoring, and referrals. And uh, listeners might remember that Chris was in a few months ago, in fact, quite a while ago now. They have actually got a protocol for dealing with people during the crisis, during the pandemic crisis. This will be in play for definite while we are under lockdown. Yep. So if people find that they have possibly come into contact with uh, COVID or if they have to get themselves tested and have to be isolated, they should get in touch. If they have uh, an opioid dependency need to get themselves opioid maintained. Yeah,
0: get onto your GP, methadone, straight away. get on
1: to your GP or get onto um, get onto karma. Yeah, if you need um, advocacy. Yeah, if, if, if the, you need a, or the GP even if you just a need a hand, yeah. Your G P can write a script for if extra you need takeaways. Somebody to talk to you, yep. talk to about it. Karma can talk Advocate. to you about it and let you know how to do it. And do it with you, if need be.
0: Yeah. The other thing, Marin, is you can nominate um, an agent, like a trusted person. Yes. To, If you're in isolation, to actually go to the chemist and pick up your takeaways.
1: Indeed, they do. Yep. And
0: failing that, directions have a delivery service. So there's actually you know three options that's for people that's
1: right yeah and they worked that out when they Last were doing time. the protocols yeah. didn't they that was what chris told us yeah yeah, yeah. karma so were involved it's in. really yeah karma were involved so it's much it's much easier to do than it would have been normally because of the involvement of peers that is karma in the development of the protocol well said Okay, so anyway, Karma office is located at the Church's Centre, Shop 17, Level 1, be- be- 54, Benjamin Way, Belconnen. I think there is a skeleton staff on at the moment, which means right. there'll be someone there to answer the phone. Um, dropping in will not be encouraged, but certainly you can ring. Yes. Um, and somebody will be available to direct you to and to give you some assistance whatever your problem might happen or to refer you on to somebody who is operating yeah. at the moment uh, or get in touch with them for you. Um, karma runs its, uh, well, doesn't at the moment, runs its Australian First Opioid Overdose Recognition Response Workshops. They will not be happening for the next three weeks at least but while we're locked down. I hope people know that we've gone from one week lockdown to three weeks lockdown by now. Um, that was just announced last night. Um, Canada can help with a wide range of issues, including opioid maintenance treatment programs. That's methadone, buprenorphine, or buprenorphine like BuVital and Sublicade. They're the long acting forms. Support with treating hepatitis C. Might be interesting to know what's happening with um, the um, blood test on gain. Wednesday.
0: Yeah, uh, probably unlikely to be happening. I'm yeah, not 100% because sure. because that's
1: on Wednesdays. Afternoons. And it's unlikely yeah. that they'll be having face-to-face. Does seem unlikely. That, but yeah. that could be a problem because people are probably relying on that for their incentivisation, yeah, their $40 show-up fee. So, but nonetheless, Ring... Um, ring uh, hepatitis, ACT. hepatitis ACT and find out yep. what's yep. going on yep. because it's the best idea. Have you got their number there, Jeffrey, on that page, the top of that page? Uh, no, I
0: don't. You don't, don't. okay, because I haven't got Oh, sorry, yes, I head. do. 62306344.
1: 62306344. That's right. Okay, excellent. 62306344. Excellent. So remember you can ring Hepatitis ACT and find out what's happening with that double gain project because it's a really important thing. We do want people to keep on having their Hepatitis medication, their direct acting antivirals. Why would you not
0: sign on board to a thing that cures you? And
1: they cure um, Hepatitis C, not just a matter of curing the effects or reducing the effects a matter of curing it to the point where your liver is in a beautiful condition. It regenerates and, and you're it is fully functioning. C. That's right, yeah. and you get rid of that hepatitis C and you probably never realised how exhausted you were feeling until you no longer feel yeah. exhausted anymore and that's what those drugs do for you. Yeah. So the availability of detox and rehab services it can tell you about... The wide-ranging negative impact of stigma and discrimination, of course, which is a real pain. Um, difficulties with getting access to proper pain relief or palliative care. Well, good luck with that one, but we will try with you to get as much as possible. The best thing to do if you've got problems with pain relief and you need or you need palliative care is to have somebody with you and advocate for you. It's very difficult to ask for pain Medication by yourself because people think you're just drug-seeking. Well, of course, you are drug-seeking, but it's a legitimate reason. Chronic pain is a legitimate reason for getting pain relief medication.
0: And we have a whole armory of medications that are effective.
1: That's right, and they are there. It's just bloody difficult to get hold of them. Yeah,
0: because morality steps into the decision.
1: Absolutely, and we say this every week. It's got nothing to do with whether it's a... Um, Whether it's an effective or an ineffective medication, it's got to do with whether people think it's a good thing or a bad thing to use drugs. And that is a moral judgment that should not enter into the conversation when you're talking about chronic pains. Just rubbish. Anyway, it's all issues, in fact, um, faced by people adversely impacted by prohibition and the war on people who use drugs.
0: Yeah. Okay, um... The contents of this news from the Drug War Front broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views and or the policies of the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimization and Advocacy. Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use and does not promote illegal activity. Karma recognizes that drug use happens and, as such, focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy, and community development. Karma seeks to reduce the harms associated with drug use as well as the harms associated with the criminalization of drug use. Through the provision of empowering programs that concentrate on community development, person centred holistic health care, and equity of health service delivery for all people. Shall we go to a song, Marion? Let's go to a song. A Stevens yeah, CD. I
1: think we might as well go to that first one from Cat Stevens because it sure is, is. You wouldn't know if you went downstairs um, from 2 X today, but baby, baby, it is a wild world. Here's Cat Stevens. Yep.
0: All right, obviously that wasn't Wild World, but uh, for some reason that track seemed to just keep skipping. so so we went on to Sad Lisa. Sad Lisa, but it was still Cat Stevens. Yeah. Okay, it's about uh, eight minutes to 11 o'clock. You're listening to news from the Drug War Front brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy on Community Radio, 2XFM 98.3. And I would add, Marion, I get the impression we might be one of the very few shows that actually is live to air. Today. Yes, yes. The place well, is like a mall. this <laughs> week
1: it looks like there ain't nobody here but us kittens.
0: I mean, we we weren't sure we were even going to be able to get to the third floor because the lift didn't
1: absolutely certainly didn't want to cooperate. Didn't want to cooperate. No. Wasn't no. interested in coming up. Um, when you did your um, your what what do they call that thing?
0: What the automatic card? where you
1: lag where you logged on with your um that square thing? Oh the CBR QR code. Yeah, but when you it on, that sort of made the lift decide it was going to move, I thought. Like that a legitimate seems, person was trying to. Yeah, it's to a real person <laughs> coming in, someone but, who's signed on. But there's nobody Nobody here. else is here, just yeah. us chickens, so. Yeah. So, but we're prepared to go on and uh, and happily be here because somebody's got to tell you what's happening in absolutely. Canberra.
0: Absolutely. Yeah? You and I go the extra yard, don't we?
1: We do, darling.
0: All right. This first piece is actually from the Psychology Department of the Australian National University. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, it's entitled Decriminalisation of Illicit Drugs Supports Harm Reduction. Uh, this is the August 2021 uh, of their newsletter. Drug use and dependency occurs in all walks of life with varying outcomes for those who use. Individuals who end up with a criminal record because of their drug use are often stigmatised. This can lead to a, uh, long-term social barriers, such as lack of employment and housing opportunities, which in turn can adversely impact mental health, financial stability and family dynamics. These consequences can hinder a person's ability to achieve their full potential. A bill bill that would make Canberra the first place in Australia to decriminalise illicit drugs has been introduced to the ACT Legislative Assembly and a public inquiry is underway. Associate Professor Anna Olson, who is a great friend of Karma's, a public health researcher who is one of a team of academics from the Australian National University, ANU, invited to provide evidence into the inquiry, says, quote, Decriminalisation frightens people because it is perceived as a green light for people to access drugs and take them. The truth is, if you look at global research as a whole, considering the legal, cultural and economic context, decriminalisation of drugs results in little change to drug use, end quote. This finding is backed up in the ACT. In January 2020, the ACT decriminalised possession and cultivation of small quantities of cannabis. Over the past year, it has resulted in a 90% decline in the number of cannabis offences recorded by ACT policing. But there has been no increase in the number of hospitalisations related to cannabis use. That's interesting, isn't it? It is. So the sky didn't fall in and, you know, all these kids suddenly take up smoking pot, did they? Mm.
1: Uh, Do you want to continue
0: on? You're you're in black.
1: Continue on the cannabis use. Okay. This current bill has been introduced in the hope that it will uh, reduce harms for drug users. In particular, its goal is to reduce criminalisation of use. Am I reading the right thing, Geoffrey? Yep. Yeah. Uh, reduce criminalisation of use and increase facilitation of treatment for those who need it. Quote, decriminalisation does not legalise drugs. Our hope is that the current inquiry will not just reduce the degree to which people who take drugs are penalised, but also lead to better social and health supports to meet that meet their needs and take a harm reduction approach to drug use, explains Associate Professor Teagan Cruz, a clinical psychologist and member of the ANU team that presented to the inquiry. Quote, Currently, we only have enough treatment places in Canberra for approximately 50% of the people that need them. If the inquiry leads to public funding being redirected from the criminal system into the health system, that would be an excellent outcome," Associate, uh, Associate Professor Cruis advises. As part of their submission to the committee, the ANU team made recommendations on the legal aspects of the bill, including suggested qualities/quantities deemed for "quote personal use." "End quote." "Quote Our view is that policy should be consistent with the evidence base and seek to support the well-being of the whole community." One issue that we raise in our submission is that the personal use thresholds detailed in the bill are not in line with the actual usage patterns in the community. This risks people being prosecuted for dealing drugs when they're not actually doing that. In order for the bill to be effective, we've suggested that raising the personal use limits to better match the amounts people actually carry for personal use Explains Associate Professor Olson. Like the rest of the ACT, the ANU research team will now wait to hear whether the bill will pass in the ACT Assembly. Yeah, they that's interesting. Very um, interesting. They had some. We had some stuff last week when Dave was on Jeffrey. I don't know if you remember listening to it. I did. But they did make some comment. Was that from the Endark uh, Research that suggested? that um, the reduction in penalties for for cannabis use had in fact resulted in people saying that they would be more inclined to use marijuana uh, because of the reduction in penalties. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that they would, yeah. but maybe a change in attitude because of the change in the laws.
0: Well, it certainly doesn't lead to an open slather explosion of well, that cannabis c- smoking. certainly wasn't them.
1: the case in, um, in Amsterdam. No. And they've had uh, cannabis available at shopfronts for Decades. a long, long time. Yeah. They just have made sure that it was not available in the same place that alcohol That's was right. available yeah. from. So because the combination of those two drugs is not a good idea anyway.
0: No. Wouldn't it be interesting if um, people couldn't access alcohol in a pandemic?
1: It would you, be fascinating. Wouldn't that be interesting? But haven't we found um, on the other side of that that in fact people have been accessing Plenty, plenty oh, of yeah. alcohol during the pandemic and that's been a real worry because we know that that breeds violence um, and domestic violence in itself is a problem but violence between people who are drinking alcohol is prevalent wherever you go. The
0: other thing, Marion, is it uh, encourages people not to follow public health orders.
1: Indeed, indeed. Well, they suddenly all of their... um you know, their uh, inhibitions are reduced. They don't have no need to follow public health orders on account of nobody notices anyway. And besides, a great time. I'm tough yeah. because I'm drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No inhibitions whatsoever. No, but yeah. it's a double standard, isn't it? It is a double standard and it's a real worry.
0: Yeah. Um, we've got the news at 11. So um,
1: Yeah, so we'll get into that and when we come back from that, we probably we'll have, have some, a song as well.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll have a song and then we'll have some more... Um, Information. I've got some information about uh, Building Seven, but anyway. Yes, um, that's a good idea. We'll we will get, that, we'll get we'll, we'll get go to go some to more that. of those details. We'll we'll go to the um, national news. Yep. All right, listeners. It's four minutes after eleven, and you're listening to uh, a live episode of News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by the Canberra Alliance for High Minimization and Adv- Advocacy, or otherwise known as Karma, uh, whose offices are in the Church's Centre in Belconnen. And just while I'm um, speaking about Karma. Uh, karma karma's office remains open it's um a skeleton staff essentially but the hours are unchanged 10 a.m till 4 p.m monday to friday uh so if you have any need for information advocacy advice uh whatever call 6253 3643 and uh there are staff there who can um answer your question and uh hopefully uh resolve your situation um I would also mention that there's quite a lot of information, of course, since the uh, lockdown first began five o'clock last Thursday. Um, things like definitions of what are deemed to be close, casual or secondary contacts uh, with the new Delta strain of COVID-19. Um, that information has been updated um, and should be on the Karma website. So um, there's a lot of information about the impact of uh the latest lockdown on services. I know that um, for people at, dose at uh, the north Northside um, uh, dosing point, that's part of the uh, Building 7 public uh, methadone and buprenorphine clinic has actually referred their clients to community pharmacy uh, during the lockdown. Uh, now, Building 7 is um, still uh, open. The withdrawal unit has capped admissions at a maximum of six, uh, doctors at Building 7 are still um, seeing people in person who've got booked appointments at Building 7 and uh, also telehealth is uh, available. Um, I believe that counselling is only for those who are at high risk can get face-to-face counselling. Otherwise, it would be done by um, either, you know, Zoom or uh, tele- telehealth or some sort of digital um, platform. Um there are no community groups uh, this week and um, I think they're going to resume online from next week. So I think the general sort of um, thing to say is that a lot of the things that require numbers of people to meet close and in per- or in person uh, have been suspended. Um, certainly karma's um, regular, you know, every day we've got a barbecue outreach um, at a place in Canberra, you know, Oaks Estate, Ainsley Village, Veterans Park. um, Those are not going to be held until um, the situation improves. But as I said before, uh, the the office is still staffed by a karma staff, a skeleton staff, Monday to Friday, 10am till 4pm. And if you want uh, assistance, call 6253 3643. Okay, I might go to a song. This is uh, Ice Cube and his um, track from some time ago, uh, Dead Homie. All right, it's 11 minutes after 11. That was uh, Ice Cube and Dead Homies from his America's Most Wanted album. Okay, you're listening to News from the Drug War Front on X Community Radio, 98.3 FM. And um, just keep in mind how important Two uh, X is. You know, last year when we were locked down, we kept uh, uh, the information flowing and uh, so far... Just by far
1: virtue of being on radio and being able to keep up to date with what was and wasn't happening and being able to tell our listeners and our customers, our peers, what was happening because public radio lets you do that. And
0: information is crucial, Absolutely. as you said before. you can
1: do nothing if you're in the dark. No, you know? it's hard for people to find out on
0: their own and there's so much mixed messaging and
1: well, confusion. And- even for what we know, Geoffrey, we are unable to tell people... Um, any more than we are told, and the information that has been delivered over mainstream media ha- um, and via the government has been less than informative, less than inil- illustrative, less than helpful.
0: Yeah, and people to- have lost confidence. That's-
1: absolutely, they do not. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to expect. Um, they've very, been very loath to talk about the side effects of any of uh, the vaccines because of the fear that it brings up in people. And there are side effects. Of course. But they're not necessarily devastating side effects. And they're but way better we've than getting COVID. we nothing about them. And, this, you know, the signs and symptoms of COVID infection, the constant... Lack of knowledge about what are the signs and symptoms of COVID infection as opposed to a flu Mm -hmm. because I know that there's a flu out there at the moment that shows very much uh, the signs and symptoms that could be COVID and will drive people to get tested but in fact discover that they just have a flu but they've been locked down for two weeks because they had a flu because they didn't know the difference.
0: One of the things I find most appalling is, you know, that... The coalition often accused Labor of, you know, quote-unquote class warfare. But Mm -hmm. the way New South Wales has dealt with the well-to-do areas, which is where this Delta outbreak has sprung from, and they didn't get locked down hard early, they were allowed to continue. The Northern
1: Beaches, for instance, was a totally different um, scenario than what's happening in Canterbury, Bankstown, for instance. Well,
0: now got Defence Force personnel, quote-unquote, helping police, but still military... People have come from war-ravaged countries. And the fact that they're
1: not wearing guns doesn't mean anything because the people that they are delivering information to or they're not doing so-called welfare checks on, that is checking up to make sure people are at home and doing the right thing. Many of them have come from areas where a uniform is enough to throw you into trauma. Yeah. The fear of seeing people in uniform... Because of the authority that they wielded in places that they have come from or run away from. So, yeah, I agree, Jeffrey. It's just a it, – it's nightmare upon nightmare for yeah. some people. Yeah. And some
0: of the language where you're sort of blaming the people in the working class neighbourhoods, you know. Oh, look at – For <sighs> not doing the right thing. You know, I just – uh, yeah, it's really... well, There are
1: people who are not doing the, the right thing and then there are people who happen to be accidentally breaching guidelines. Yeah, well, what about guidelines. the record of the government?
0: From the rugby princess onwards, it's been one mistake, fiasco. And
1: and lack of acknowledgement of responsibility. Yes, yeah? that's a good not point. Not our fault. We didn't see it. They've done nothing about those princess liners you know so far has there been any blame laid anywhere has there been anybody that's actually stood up and said we're responsible for this nope no no and you know we still don't well we've got one um one place where people can come through and actually stay and be in isolation one federally run um there
0: should be at least half a dozen at, all at, over yeah, well, the country. At
1: least by now, you would yeah. think 18 months, you know, yeah. 20 months down the track and it's still, we, you know, we've still only got the same place. Yeah? And we,
0: we seem to have governments that want to be respected as governments but don't want to but actually be But not
1: responsible for making decisions. Yeah. And, not making decisions. And not
0: accountable and not, you know, it's point the finger of blame somewhere else, Absolutely. Um, play politics, and all it does is advantage the virus.
1: And we've got even the Australian of the Year, right, Grace, you know, stands up and yes. says, you know, how dare you say that you know nothing, uh, that, uh, that there is, you know, that I, she's the Australian of the Year and yet the acknowledgement of sexual um interference or sexual assault on young girls or on women is just totally overridden. you know the no no information, no one takes responsibility. In fact, some guy that's been actually accused of um, sexually assaulting somebody when he was slightly younger has been promoted in go- what kind of message does that send to men? It's okay as long as it was when you were a teenager. It's okay as long as you're intoxicated. But it's not okay for women if they're intoxicated.
0: I also wonder about the impact on domestic violence of increased alcohol consumption. Indeed,
1: and we were just discussing that off air, weren't we? I I think the figures
0: are going to be disturbing.
1: The increase in alcohol consumption and then the domestic violence associated with that increase is just wrong.
0: Yeah. No, there's a lot of things to be disgruntled about. Okay, look, we go to a piece um, from NDARC, um, National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre, Wa- University of New South Wales. More harms for people who both inject and smoke methamphetamine, according to a new study from NDARC. People who inject methamphetamine are also smoking the drug, which may be leading to more health risks, violence and crime, according to a new study. Researchers from the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre, NDARC, found that people who both inject and smoke methamphetamine injected drugs more often, used methamphetamine more often and tended to have more violent behaviour and more involvement in crime. Associate Professor Rebecca McKetton said, traditionally, we think of people either injecting the drug or smoking the drug. Smoking tends to often be seen as the lesser of two evils. The study found a cohort of people who usually injected methamphetamine had also taken up smoking the drug, with this being associated with more frequent injecting drug use and more methamphetamine use, leading to greater involvement in crime and more violent behaviour. Quote, the study suggests that people who inject methamphetamine adopt smoking as a complement to their injecting drug use rather than as a replacement. That's interesting. That I always thought it was one or the other, generally.
1: Yeah, I would have thought so too, actually. Yeah. That people
0: either chose to inject or yeah. chose to smoke. But uh, resulting in increased frequency of methamphetamine use and more and more related harms. said Associate Professor McKetton. There was no evidence that people stopped injecting methamphetamine when they took up smoking the drug.
1: Indeed, okay. So the study analysed data from 444 participants in the Methamphetamine Treatment Evaluation Study, or MATES, and found at baseline 56% of participants had only injected methamphetamine in the past month, 18% had only smoked it, and 26% had both injected and smoked. Concurrent injecting and smoking, that was. The study identifies a need to address both injection-related harms, e.g. HIV prevention, and non-injection-related harms, crime with poor mental health, among people who use methamphetamine. I would think there were other harms associated with um, smoking as too, though, though Geoffrey, we might talk about that later, maybe. Quote, many of these harms could be reduced by providing effective treatment said Associate Professor Dr McKeaton. Good access to harm reduction services for people who use stimulants would also reduce bloodborne and sexually transmitted infections, including providing pre-exposure prophylaxis, or pre-PREP, prep, to high-risk populations for HIV transmission. End quote. The study says efforts are needed to address heavier methamphetamine use and harms among people who concurrently smoke and inject methamphetamines. So it sounds to me like methamphetamine is being used as, um, uh, instead of using the term ice, right? So they're using yep. those as the same thing, yep. basically. Yeah. Um, but the... Uh, there's more than HIV transmission we're also probably talking about if cause i think they're just talking about sexual transmission of HIV um when in fact they probably should be also talking about hepatitis c transmission well, as well if you're going to talk sharing about syringes HIV. it has to be and if you're having unsafe sex you' still got the same thing although they've you know made statements that say that hepatitis is not tra- hepatitis c is not transmitted by sexually sexually but no, I don't issue, know that i agree with that.
0: One of the issues that I think hasn't come up for enough consideration, you know, we've been talking in Canada about the concept of safe supply, you know, people yeah. who are using and have dependency issues are having trouble accessing drugs that are safe Indeed. because of the black market. Yeah. Well, in a pandemic, we there's a certain cohort of people that have to find the drugs that they're dependent on, Yeah. despite Public health orders and and lockdowns and And stuff. And in
1: fact, that will obviously go straight against public health orders because it's a 24-7 maintenance problem if you're not being given the drug of choice, the one you have to find to support your habit, it's got to be sought.
0: So for the greater good, why don't we have the police, one, directed not to um, charge people with possession offences or, you know, and to go one step further, which could tie in with the decriminalisation bill, actually look at the bigger, broader concept of safe supply.
1: And making making it available in some way or another, yeah. Well, we've had a couple, a
0: couple of warnings that have been passed on by ACT Health that have come from uh, Sydney about contaminated... Drugs, you know, uh, which
1: mean, which means um, basically it's it's an enhanced quality because of the um, influence of fentanyl, or, the or of fentanyl. cut with
0: things that shouldn't be there, like people who are used to taking right. cocaine are suddenly having, like I said, fentanyl, fentanyl
1: or opioids in it instead. Yes, I agree. On the
0: black market. They only care about making money, Marin, as and we say every week.
1: One um, of the things that we were talking about last week about what was happening in Canada was, although they were looking at safe supply of drugs, they could not source heroin or uh, cocaine safely. I think those were the two drugs I talked about. We talked about, um, and that was that is an issue of production. Um, although it can, um, heroin can be. Produced and can be made safe. It isn't made safe because it's made illicitly and it has been, its um, availability has been totally squashed because of the 1961 convention. It's not allowed to be produced. Um, Full stop. It's not about the availability of pain relieving drugs, it's simply about the availability of heroin. It is not permitted. Yeah, and not allowed to make it.
0: The risk of contaminated or adulterated supply has increased over mm, the last
1: uh, simply because that total absence of permission to produce it that therefore makes it a black market proposition yeah and we
0: we have the 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 number one incentive being how much money can you make not the health of your consumer or the quality of the product or the safety or not cutting it with dangerous substances you know that
1: and although the people that are making the drugs could afford to be more concerned about the ultimate consumer of the drugs, why would they bother when they are being chased um, by Interpol or CIA or FBI or whatever police force you or armed force you want to poke, you know, point at? They're being pursued by them. They're not going to they're simply going to take that as the cost of doing business. And because it's the cost of doing business, it's also going to be the cost of doing consumption. They're going to pass that down along the line. If they're being pursued with guns and ammunition and people who are absolutely directed to kill them and interfere with the trafficking of those substances they're going to pass that danger down to the consumer. More
0: violence breeds more violence.
1: Indeed, nothing else. And what do, do, gun, what do guns do? Kill. Guns kill people.
0: Well, look, look at the, the level and, and scale of violence in countries like in Latin America, Mexico. You know, we've, we often do stories about the Philippines, you know, shooting people in the street. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. Legitimate behaviour, apparently.
0: It just gets more and more disturbing and...
1: More frightening. More frightening and... and and it For just what? increases the price of because of that danger. Increases the price of the drugs, um, the pro- and the difficulty with tra- transporting across borders or underneath borders or over borders. Um, one way or another, it just adds to the price. And therefore, because of the increase, the need to increase your profit margin or at least cover your costs, they're going to reduce the quality of uh, the drugs themselves and interfere with the quality of that dr- those drugs
0: i tell you the one thing you can be certain of it's not going to lead to a drug-free world
1: it, it <laughs> you never can guarantee never that. was going to never a, whoever's just said yeah that'll be right boss to nixon when he said that we're going to have a drug-free world yeah. was just lying
0: yeah <laughs> all right on that uh positive note you've Picked another one, Helen Reddy. I have classic. another
1: favourite of mine. I want another an I am woman. I want people to remember. Just because you're locked down, it's not okay to get drunk and beat your wife. Yeah, that's a very um wise sense. And it's a potent message, girls, women. If you're getting beaten, leave. It's not okay. No, it's not okay. You don't have to put up with it. It's not all right to be in that position. Leave. Go somewhere, hide somewhere, be with somebody that you are safe with. The fact that you, if you feel unsafe, you probably are. Yeah. yeah. A, Go with your gut feeling. It's a
0: highly disturbing yeah. social problem, isn't it? All right. Uh, this is I Am Woman, Helen yeah. Reddy.
1: Thank you, Helen.
0: Uh, That is a classic, Marianne, isn't it? It certainly is. Good on you,
1: Helen. You remember that, girls. It's still inspiring, isn't it? It is. It it, it just gets me in the heart, Jeffrey. Every time I listen to it, you know, you can bend but never break me because it only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goals. Wow. And I come back even stronger. Not a novice any longer because you've deepened the conviction in my soul and I just think, whoa, whoa Helen, good words. Yeah, you know? it's a cracker, isn't it? It certainly is.
0: All right, it's half past 11. We're going to go to an international story, which I think is applicable everywhere. But
1: it, Yeah, it's certainly relevant for here, relevant for the uh, United States and relevant for England where we assume it's been made. It's from The Guardian by Owen Jones, August the 8th. It's called... It's entitled, Hypocritical Politicians Prefer to Let Drug Users Die Than Admit Policy is a Failure. Condemning rather than caring for those struggling with addiction wastes public funds and leads to broken lives. The article starts off. Will began his heroin addiction as a prison inmate. He was 21 years old and behind bars when he first smoked the drug. The story of his life up to that point and ever since was one of abandonment and neglect by the state. Naturally bright, he was diagnosed with autism, ADHD and oppositional defiant disorder at an early age and was excluded from school aged 12. No other schools were willing to take him, concerned as they are about damaging their league table positions. So Will's formal education ended there and then. That's at the age of 12. A couple of sessions at the overwhelmed and under-resourced and uh, adolescent mental health services led nowhere. Later in life, when uh, Will was ready to go to rehab, a big step for a person suffering from drug dependency He was told he first needed to detox, and unless he could afford to go to the priory, he could not. He would only be eligible for such support if he quit his job and signed on. Left to sink or swim, Will sank and turned to petty crime to fund his addiction. When it comes to drugs policy, hypocrisy and cowardice reign supreme. Quote, I just think of the wasted years, says his mother Pam, her voice cracking with love for her son. If in the early days of his addiction he could get help and was able to access rehab and decent, well-funded services, he'd have saved the country so much money in the long run. He couldn't have gone, wouldn't have gone to prison. He's incredibly productive when he's not using. He's a grafter, smart and clever. Will's tightly knit friendship group... Had been all but been excluded from education too, and all but one of them suffered from addiction. Some have died, more or less faceless statistics for society to forget. Pam is convinced that without the love of his family, her son would be another statistic, one of the recorded numbers of annual drug deaths for society to occasionally tut-at but otherwise ignore.
0: Yes, many drug dependent people simply do not have a family safety net. One of Will's friends slept in a stairwell at the age of twelve, his foster family not bothering to register him as missing. Johan is another such example, a recovering cocaine user who began self-harming and attempted suicide after being haunted by flashbacks of childhood sexual abuse. Quote, My counselling was state funded, textbook style counselling. They ask a question from a form. Nothing really there for me to use as medicine, so to speak. This isn't the National Health Service's fault, by the way. I love the NHS, but they're crippled, end quote. His story is like that of many drug users in the United Kingdom who've been abused and unloved by their parents, tossed into a society offering judgment and condemnation rather than any care or compassion. In the last six years, 26 million pounds has been slashed from England's youth drug and alcohol services. If that doesn't seem much, bear in mind it's equates to 37% of an already woefully inadequate budget. Yeah. One social worker in North East England tells me about a father who had stopped using crack for a year and recently rang her, full of distress, after being placed in a recovery group whose members were still using Class A drugs. Quote, it's totally inappropriate for where he is in his recovery, she tells me. Sadly, the service that is supposed to help people with recovery does not have the resources for what he needs. Absolutely. Things are pretty grim in the UK at the moment from Indeed. what I read. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. No, Many, their yeah. overdoses have been monumental. It's been shocking. And their acknowledgments of, uh, of drugs and drug dependency stuff has just gone out the window. And the Tory government... It's is like it just doesn't exist.
0: ...got in the social safety net generally. Oh, yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. Why would they be interested in drug No,
1: drug more thing? interested in having a, um, you know... A Buffoon running in headed, <laughs> headed pop, you know, populist. Prime Minister who does nothing.
0: I read a very interesting piece in the Guardian Weekly about the impact of um, the current political class and how many of them went to the traditional British boarding schools mm. and how it stunted them emotionally. Yep. It was very interesting.
1: Yeah, it is intriguing. And you, I, I think you can just watch a huge number of really the uh, – the, not the comedies but the um, things like spooks, you know, a lot of the um, – the stories from the BBC and their network, the networking of people that have been to private schools, yeah, um, at, which is very much the same in Australia, but it's not quite as um, class Entrenched. oriented. Yeah, yeah. the but British class, not, system is not as open. The yeah. British class system is very clearly it's really ugly, clearly yeah. denominated. But Australia, no, does not so much. Okay, the piece goes on to say
0: many structural problems predate austerity, of course. Quote, it's not just about funding, says James Nichols, chief executive of the drug reform charity Transform. It's about the splitting away of mental health services from drug treatment, which has been known about for decades, but never re- resolved. What should be treated as a public health emergency is instead dealt with as a criminal disorder. Yeah. Exactly 50 years since the, quote, war on drugs was declared, the United States has spent over $1 trillion on the, quote, fight with only far higher rates of drug use, addiction and death to show for it. This damaging policy has gifted criminal enterprises a profitable near monopoly on the drugs trade and destabilised countries from Afghanistan to Mexico. Like many of his colleagues around the Cabinet table, Boris Johnson has indulged in drug taking. Yet, he enforces the criminalisation of people, disproportionately young black men, for the same offence. Of course. This week he opposed... Opposed the Scottish government's wishes to open drug consumption rooms. Evidence from Denmark and Canada shows that this would save lives. But facts, or indeed human lives, do not seem to matter in this, quote, so-called debate. Nope. Politicians of all stripes know prohibition has failed, but fear the wrath of the right-wing media. Like Murdoch's empire is one of the the greatest vehicles for drug war propaganda.
1: Propaganda, absolutely. It's done so much damage.
0: Uh, Fear the the wrath of the right-wing media if they say so. Like the Labor lord, Charlie Falconer, who in 2018 declared, I am sorry for supporting the war on drugs. He now sits in the shadow cabinet of the Labor leader, uh, Keir Starmer. The latter, however, remains committed to the war and to refusing to disclose whether he has ever taken drugs himself. But when it comes to drugs, hypocrisy and cowardice, not evidence or human well-being, reigns supreme. Mm. Quote, the government machine just keeps getting stuck on drugs policy, says Niam Westwood, executive director of the drugs charity release. It is almost impossible to even have a rational conversation. We often say that here, don't we, Marion? That yep. we'd be happy with even just an intelligent discussion, let yes, alone some policy. a
1: public conversation is really what we need. We're not going to get anywhere until we have one. Um, and... Just an ongoing conversation would be good. Not one that's stopped by a one-liner like "I Just Say so stuff and like that. Yeah, tough on drugs, yeah. drug war, all that kind of stuff. You need an ongoing conversation that draws in people and makes them acknowledge their involvement. The number of people that I can think of that totally uh, refute the idea that they've ever touched illicit drugs, and yet I know damn well that's mm-hmm. exactly what they've done in there. But God forbid that it should ever be acknowledged that they should ever acknowledge it, simply because of what it would do to their reputation. Yeah, it's you know it would be like uh, Alan Jones versus any woman. Well, how know, that kind of that kind of propaganda that would be thrown back yeah. in his face against somebody against whom you could not win. Yeah. Because yep. it doesn't allow you to get a decent point in simply because of the nature of who you are.
0: Well, how much do people risk if they do come out honestly about their? A own lot. Per- yeah, they
1: do, and it should not be a matter for courage. It should simply be a matter for, this is, if you're honest, what if, uh, and you don't lose your job for being honest? There's nothing more to lose except maybe your family. Yeah. Yeah. What you've done in the past is a whole other thing. Anyway, the article goes on. Is there any hope that reason could triumph? A recent government-commissioned report by Dame Carol Black, who emphasises deprivation and poverty as key factors behind drug misuse, called for a more health-based approach, emphasising treatment and recovery and highlighting the corrosive impact of cuts. Whether this will represent a turn towards an approach centred around public health uh, rather than criminal justice remains to be seen. There is other pressure too. Transform, that's the agency we were talking about earlier, is leading a campaign to review the punitive 1971 Misuse of Drugs Act and has secured the support of more than 50 MPs to undertake a root and branch transform or reform of our failed drug laws. But sadly, we remain far behind the decriminalization model pursued by Portugal, which is, you know, a really damning acknowledgement, if you're that far behind Portugal, which led to a dramatic fall in drug deaths. Political and media elites have banished reason from drugs policy condemning our most traumatised citizens to broken lives. A humane approach would be far better for society and far less costly than treating drug addiction as a criminal disorder. Yet this seems irrelevant to the political consensus, which values moral condemnation over the most rudimentary common sense. Owen Jones, is a Guardian columnist, is the bottom line to that, Look, the issue with all of this is even if we got to an ongoing conversation about this, Jeffrey, somebody would have to acknowledge that the damning of drugs use is a moral damnation. Mm. It has nothing to do... With the, the economic impact of the drugs war, the practical impact of the drugs war, the racial impact of the drugs war, all of that is inarguable you know it costs too much it is too alienating you're pushing people into the shadow making people more difficult to to contact to communicate with to keep well and keep the whole of society healthy or increase its health its overall health and it's because we will not discuss it in any way that makes sense. That is, we will not say, okay, this is a moral problem. Fundamentally, it's a moral problem. Yep. And if we don't acknowledge that it's a moral problem, we're never going to make any headway. We're well, just this. repeating slogans. That's right. And, it, you know, they just say no stuff. What has that got to do with statistics, with data, with Nothing. reality, and with how to change yeah. behavior? What sort of behaviour do we want to change and why do we want to change it? Yeah, And I think we need to ask rational questions yeah. and look for rational answers, not just emotional answers because it's bad is not a good answer. No. It doesn't work.
0: No, don't masquerade as believing in evidence-based policy yeah. and then treat the, the drugs bullshit. issue as a moral issue.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Well, call it out for what it is, yeah? Mm. It's a moral issue. We don't like drugs because they're fun, yeah, or they can be fun. We don't like to watch people having fun because intoxication is not a good thing to do. So say many people. Mm. And these are people who don't acknowledge that they've ever used drugs or want to use drugs. Therefore, if they don't acknowledge it, it's not something you should do because they don't do it, you shouldn't do it.
0: The other thing that never gets discussed are the big picture issues, like the fact that the drug war is used as a cover for, you know, um, CIA black operations in left-leaning oh, yeah. countries. And um, it,
1: and it's about people making money no yeah. matter where you are and who can make the most money out of it. Because no matter how much you make, um, as a copper, as a CIA agent, you can always be bought. Oh, Because the amount of money that goes through the black market... Because of drugs and weapons and arms is monumental, and it's way beyond anything you're going to. Exactly. You know, people have to be committed to the drugs war as an emotional commitment, because as a financial commitment, they're not going to make a buck. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to not going to get them anywhere.
0: All right, uh, we'll go to a song and then we'll wrap up this week's show. Um, Dave said he wanted to play this last week, but he didn't have the CD. It's Lou Reed and Perfect Day. <laughs> All right, that was Lou Reed and Perfect Day. And uh, shout out to Dave. It is a classic track. Okay, we're in the home stretch of this week's...
1: Um Speaking of shout out, Jeffrey, I'm sorry, Don, I'm, I, but I meant to do sh- a shout out to Mary of course, who is a, our most yes, loyal sure, listener, loyal listener, who always tells us what's going on, whether we take any notice of her or not. Um, I want to do a shout out to my boy Tom and uh, his partner Chloe and their lovely dog Stevie, who's been named after Stevie Nicks. You lovely. might be pleased to know. Gorgeous looking creature, this dog is too. She's a Collie doodle, which is a really interesting combination, a poodle and a border collie. That is Pretty as, pretty as, but such sharp teeth. <laughs> yeah, not so good. Anyway, shout out to them too.
0: Look, I think just to wrap up the show, probably just reiterate to listeners that if they've got any questions about what services are available, um, Karma is open.
1: 6253. Three six four three is Karma's number. Yep. So um, hepatitis ACT. If you want some information on what's going on, particularly with the current uh, the double gain uh, project at the moment, six two three zero six three four four. Yeah. Yeah. The needle exchange program is open. Oh, okay. You've checked. It. Yeah. The needle exchange program is open. Normal hours. Um, I'm. Don't know so much about the availability of the nurse, but I do know if she's there. She's there on Tuesdays, particularly in the city, and they do have uh, AstraZeneca, and I understand they will have some Pfizer doses in there too. So AstraZeneca for those people over 60... And Pfizer will be available for people under 60, which is a great relief, I suspect. Um, But remember, people, if you're getting AstraZeneca, then you need 12 weeks. Is it 12 weeks? Between your first and your second dose. And that's the best way to take it. Um, Pfizer, I'm not sure about the distance between first and second, but you do need two shots for your vaccine. So don't roll up thinking that you just have to have one vaccine. You need two doses of the vaccine to make sure that your immune system is brought up to scratch. And look, the Delta variant is a, it's a game it's a shifter. Monster. Absolutely, changed it all completely. And it just shows
0: the damage done by the reluctance and of New South Wales Premier. to Have a down. look
1: at the data in New South Wales. You will find that the majority of people that have died from this variant have not been vaccinated, vaccinated yeah. or have only been half vaccinated. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of people who have been half vaccinated, but it is a danger and it is a monster in terms of transmission. It can be transmitted very quickly and you become uh, positive for the virus as very quickly. Um, and kids can transmit it very quickly too. So it really very changes things, it? Yeah, it's changed a huge amount of this whole game. So we need to know as much about this this bloody variant as we as we can, although we're not getting informed of it, but do get yourselves vaccinated, people. Yeah. Please, please, please. I would hate and keep yourself safe for yeah. heaven's sakes.
0: Yeah, as best you can. But I, yeah. I, I, I endorse everything you said. Um I'm waiting to get my second estrazen again. Yeah, no
1: too. It's due on Sunday and I just can't help it. it It doesn't stop you from getting it. It just stops you from dying if you do get sick from it. That's a pretty big big (laughs) difference. Which is a big difference, and I certainly (laughs) ain't ready for it just yet. (laughs) But listen, so get in touch with uh, Karma. Ring calmly, um Check to find out what's going on. Check the website, yeah. indeed. Um, we'll be on next week and give you a bit more information. So while it's locked down, sure, things will be closed for drop-in, but we will come in and we'll have as much information as people are prepared to give us. So if you know people out there or organisations out there who want to get their information out to you or out to the wider Canberra community... Get them to get in touch with Jeff or me, or just to ring Karma, and we will broadcast it on Tuesdays, ten thirty to twelve, because that's when we're on.
0: We're happy to pass on information. Absolutely, anything
1: that helps our customers or our peers or our community, and that means Canberra. I'm telling you, it just doesn't mean drug users. It means Canberra. That's our community, Uh, Canberra and region. Exactly. So we will let you know whatever we find out. Straight on to you guys.
0: I just noticed, checking my email, Chris has posted uh, information that defines close, casual and secondary contacts. You know, yeah, yeah. do you
1: want to do that? Um, or are you going to put it on the website?
0: I'm pretty sure that that information would be put on the website, but it's... Um, uh, there are no close contact sites in Belcon and Westfield. Present LD Coles, Woolworths and the post office are casual contact sites and only for rel- relatively small amounts of time. Um, uh, Asked Dave to find the exact dates and times of the casual and
1: okay, monitor contacts. yeah, and that's a problem. I know Woolworths has particular, was well, and Dixon has particular times last week when it was actually close contact.
0: They seem to expand every day, don't yeah, they?
1: Yeah, oh yes, it's becoming huge. Um, was I think it was only six thousand close contacts yesterday or the day before and then it suddenly went up to monumental numbers. So you've got to be really careful. Close contacts is not what you think it is anymore it's about how many people were you know were likely to be in the region of you yeah. or a an infected person at the time that they were in a particular situation so yeah it's not just about someone living at home with you it's about being in the same particularly with this delta variant
0: chris also says clients must give their name and mobile number wear a mask socially distance and use sanit- sanitizer uh he's gonna get a they
1: drop in. temperature
0: yeah. gun from somewhere if I can find it and bring it in. So we're doing everything to make it as safe as possible. And to
1: make karma available for people make to come in.
0: Karma available. But I if mean- you
1: can't do all that stuff, ring up and find out because it's certainly to there will be bound to be limits on the number of people that'll be able oh, to absolutely. come in at any yes. one time. So yep. your best bet is to ring up and find out. If you need um a face to face interview, make an appointment. By ringing up first, yeah, yeah, I think that's wise advice. Ring, ring, karma. There's people there, and um, and I mean these days, telstra telephones. If you haven't got a mobile phone, public phones are free, are they not?
0: So I'm told.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's landline to landline though, Jeffrey. Um, not because sure. I that was the thing that I I don't know if it's landline to mobile or landline to landline. Right. Yeah. So I mean. Knowing you I suspect it's landline to landline, but that doesn't mean that that's true. That's just me being cynical about Telstra. Well, you could Telstra. call the you could call the office number and, and get through. Well, yes, that, but the that's a landline. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. That's right. The point is just ring 6253 3643 and and that's a landline anyway. So if you've got no mobile phone, but you've got you've got access to um, a public phone, then you can ring the give office us, number. Give us a call. Yeah. All right, that takes us out from this week's
0: show. Yep. We'll be back again next week. Do your best to stay safe. Um, yeah, please. Look after and Look after each other and yep. look after yourselves. And we'll leave you with the theme song, which I have this week. Yay! Golden Brown by The Stranglers. Bye, everyone. Take, Take care. care.